there is this weird, like, I want to put my stuff out there, but I want to put it out in a very measured way. Like, so that I can still feel comfortable. But the reality is, is that even once people hear what you have to say, it's not measured anymore. They're going to interpret it the way that they're going to interpret it. Yo, 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 yo. Welcome to the Umbrikis podcast. Podcast with your hosts, Ihab. And that's it for today. Hey everyone, I am known to be a rogue co-host going off on my own, trying to create different content. I have encouraged both Muhammad and Alat to do this whenever they want, and they, but they haven't done this yet. So I'm doing my own thing here. And I reached out recently to friend of the show, an amazing person, producer, writer, DJ, and, yeah. so, and so much more. Uh, that activist, is that fair also? Um, And uh, communist. Uh, I'm getting you in trouble now. (laughs) Yes. John T. He is one of the co-hosts and producer of a podcast that I was featured on called Beer Christianity. I enjoyed my time so much on there that I'm like, hey, man, we should do a producer versus producer episode and just talk about podcasting and the ups and downs. And so uh, here I have, and that, that's, that's how you introduce someone, right? Is that, yeah, is that, yeah, that's, is that t- right? that's totally it. And the cool thing about this is it's going to be on both Beer Christianity and the Amerikis. Yes. Which is so rad. So if you Love listen it. to one, uh, you don't have to listen to the other, but I s- encourage you to do so because there is some sort of competition uh, to who did it better, you know, may the best, producer win and i think you know we could start some hashtag on twitter christian versus muslim you Uh, know that's that's, the best (laughs) rate rate the religions (laughs) that's never gone badly in the history yeah i see i see no downside to this (laughs) um we're we are off to a wonderful start um for sure uh but thank you uh t for making this happen. Uh, we, we were talking offline a little bit about how difficult it is sometimes as podcast producers to make something happen. But when you have two producers, uh, they're going to make it happen. And that's what we did here today. I've been interviewed by John T here before, and I'm really, really excited to be talking to you again, man. Hopefully this time we don't get really uh, heavy on on the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. I'm hoping. Yeah, the last time. So there's an episode of Beer Christianity that that has Ehab on it, and it is like it gets sad. We are laughing and laughing, Aww. and then we're not laughing, and it's and it gets pretty down and serious. But it's also such good content. But it yeah. is. I've listened to it a few times. I. It's not that I uh, enjoyed the the sound of my voice, but I wanted to see what I sound like when I'm not in control. <laughs> And what was your take on that? Because it is different when you're not in control of the podcast. So this is a very good question, but it also leads into probably like the first topic we can talk about. Um, Recently, I've reached out to John Tay, um, John Tay, (laughs) just just a little bit of an elevation there. Hey, Um, I knew this stunning French girl who used to call me uh, Gentil, just like kind. Oh, 
Amazing. Uh, the one, that, the one who got away, perhaps. Am, oh, I, get, yeah. am I getting you in trouble here? Uh, no, don't worry <laughs> okay. about it. My, my, my wife's very familiar. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> um, but I had reached out to John T uh, being like, hey, man, you are the well-seasoned producer. You've done uh, writing. You've done journalism. You've done everything. How do you not control every aspect of your podcast? I've been running into some issues about micromanaging and suddenly like my podcast, my podcast, our podcast, see, you know, it's just in that yeah, yeah. you can kind of tell immediately. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly our podcast feels like it's work and I don't want it to feel like it's work. I want to have fun. Yeah. So how do you let go? And uh, he was very, uh, gracious in his answer. He gave me a few things straight, you know, being like, hey, sometimes you have to be in control, you know, otherwise the project is not going to get released. But I think the number one thing I took away from that conversation when we talked is just to kind of sit back and just let things be, because sometimes that's where the magic is. I don't know if anything else stood out in that conversation. Yeah, totally, man. I think when you're doing a podcast and it's multiple contributors, but one of you is the main kind of driving force and is going to be doing most of the heavy lifting, mm. which I think for us is because we're hosts and producers, mm -hmm. I think that's the case. Then it's like, on the one hand, you want to let people know what it is that's helpful and what it is that isn't. So I've had conversations with Laura. I don't think she'd mind me saying this early on. We're going to throw always... all of our co-hosts under the bus. Great. <laughs> yeah, <that's> <laughs> but <laughs> I remember her saying like, um, uh, in everything, because she's young, she's in her early 20s, and she'd be like, well, I don't know anything about this. And I'm probably speaking from a position of ignorance every time she said something, which is just so like internalized patriarchy and just also it's just boring to listen to. So I was like, you got to stop putting yourself down. It makes people lose, lose confidence in you and lose confidence in the podcast and right, actually right. completely unhelpful. Even though it feels like you're being humble, you're actually just putting yourself down and it's boring to listen to. So I don't want you to do it anymore. Oh. And like, and like I've said to both of them, um, you know, just say your opinion, keep talking, you know, because that's, that's when I talked to, when I talked to Malky, uh, I met somebody today who's a fan of the podcast and he was like, is Malky as funny in real life? And I was like, he's funnier because he's less considered. He just says stuff. Whereas on the podcast, you'll like pause and think about it. I'm like, don't think, talk. <laughs> yes. Yes. But you're, but you're right. Like, let it happen. Like the magic has to happen. And I think creative stuff when, when, I think if you're more of a controlling person, like, like I probably am, you want to, you want to move it like clockwork and like orchestrate and author the thing. But actually there's something beautiful that happens if a group of people are in a good dynamic and your job is actually to set up the space and to just nudge the dynamic. And then I think it becomes a good thing. Wow. That. Yeah, that was a great summary to a back and forth that happened for across the whole week. But creating the space where that kind of dynamic can just naturally and organically grow, organically grow, yeah, yeah. Uh, is a um, is key. And I may or may not be in a position to do that every time, whether it be like my mood or what's going on. So uh, maybe I should just take a step back uh, most of the time and. The space will be there, I think. Um, yeah. so, so I really appreciated that because it came uh, on it. Like there was a moment in time where uh, I started really m micromanaging in a way that was uncomfortable for me, but also uh, just tiring. 
Um, I remember uh, my my co-host Muhammad coming around and just telling me that I looked like I was in pain <laughs> while recording because I'm like rubbing my temple. I'm just like super, super concerned about where the podcast is going, uh, how we sound like if we're getting if we're you know, hitting all the milestones. And yeah, of course, I'm like super stressed because I'm, I, what I have in mind is the 20 hours I'm going to put on the episode later on. So I'm not in the moment. And so that was very helpful for me to get from him um, because I'm like, yeah, uh, if, if this keeps up, this whole project is going to collapse. There's really no room for, for that kind of thing to be sustainable, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And also, why are you doing it if it's not fun? Right. Like, obviously, because it's helpful and it's doing more and la, 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 la. And like, I think we've both got a vision for our podcasts that it's going to do some good in the world, um, that it's going to facilitate conversation or understanding or at the very least make people feel less alone when they listen to it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully influence people in a good direction, hopefully give them a better picture of something that they may have seen misrepresented in the past. But, but also, if you're having a terrible time while you're doing it, <laughs> I'm not sure any of those other things are super worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. One of my friends um, had mentioned to me that if you're having a hard time and a terrible time and you're not enjoying yourself, it shows. People mm. can tell. And when people can tell, they, even if they don't, they can't articulate it or really, really point at the exact thing that makes them uncomfortable, they will be like, uh, something's changed here. Um, yeah. I have my own uh, list of podcasts that I listen to religiously. Um, and oftentimes they will have, you know, a guest on that does not mesh well with the co-hosts or there's like a weird little tension between mm. two existing co-hosts and I can pick up on it. Because yeah. I have this weird like para uh, social relationship with them. I kind of quote unquote know their po podcast personality. I'm like, something is off here. So yeah, you're not okay. Yeah. Yeah. So something like that, I need to kind of keep in mind because even if I'm trying to hide it, even if I'm trying to like orchestrate it and still play it cool. Nah, the, the audience, audience is way smarter than that. So. so I used to be a DJ on late night radio in South Africa and I used to What was um, your DJ name? Just curious. I cannot tell people the DJ name. It <laughs> makes me it's so terrible. I was speaking to a friend in South Africa and she was just like she she so she's black. She cannot tell her family or friends what my name was because they would not understand. She's like, John T, they wouldn't understand. Is this and, the kind of thing we have to beep in the United States or well, uh... you, it's just it makes me <laughs> it makes people make assumptions about me. And I want to say it was the 90s. <laughs> Okay. okay. Everybody and, was doing it. No, I'm kidding. And I no, 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 no. This is not that. <laughs> it was it was, I was part of the alternative subculture, and I would like to say that the content on my show was pretty hard left, and I was a, a, a very aggressively anti-racist, um, but my, my DJ name was Elvis Hitler. And it was the era, you know, like, I, I'm just saying it was alternative music. I played a lot of heavy metal. I also called the radio show a lot of times Radio Kill All the White People, which I think balances it out. Um for I those, got some fun calls. For those Every who time don't I know, by the that, way, Jaunty is a white man. Just I'm a white, I'm a white South African. Uh, every time I called the show Radio Kill All the White People, the phone would just 
light up and they would not stop calling for about half an hour but also wow in my defense i was playing a lot of goth music and that's a typo negative song so you know it's that's all it is um yeah this is the last two minutes was uh very unexpected but i um i am very hungry for more <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time and it was an alternative scene that was still very alternative and I just feel like, you know, today's youth are not ready for it, as I'm going to say. To be clear, I am not anti-Semitic in any way, and I have very little time for anybody who is. I also don't think Hitler was cool. I think he was awful. I do think Elvis was quite cool, though. <laughs> so it's a complicated relationship. I mean, any time that you need to make that kind of... Uh, I know, you've stepped that, into a dangerous... Disclaimer, you've already gone too far, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, as Palestinians, though, sometimes we do have to keep reiterating that we're not anti-Jewish and we're not yeah. anti-Semitic. Um, yeah. We're anti-Israeli policy, et cetera, et cetera. And there's... Yeah. Uh, and anti-occupation and we can get into all of that but um, you know what the worst part is mm. at the time that that was my name i was fairly passionately christian zionist ah <laughs> i was very pro-israel and i thought that the jewish people were more special than anybody else because i knew nothing about the history nothing about the situation that's just what my church had taught me you hadn't been to the old country you know i had not i was still very much a fundamentalist mm. you know and, and my politics were, particularly on that subject, were weird. It's probably the, the, the place where my politics have moved the most okay. since kind of deprogramming as a fundamentalist. But I, at no point I, was I, I, I anti-Jewish, which was weird. By the way, um, when people in general uh, learn that they have been, quote unquote, misguided or lied to or have some sort of, you know, impression that, authority figures did not give them the full picture they tend to go way further than the average person who was not fed those particular mm -hmm. lies so i can i can appreciate what you're saying and i have my own version of that maybe not necessarily in the political sense maybe sometimes like in a religious sense mm -hmm. uh where i'm like oh man they and so so it doesn't surprise me to hear this from you um and a lot of times people who we're on one end of the spectrum, just end up swinging to the other end of the spectrum. But there is a point for me, at least, where I'm like, you know what? It's okay for me to tell the truth about this. It does not affect me directly, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot to talk about in that sense. We've gone on quite the tangent, though, because you, you had brought up the uh, DJ a story because you were going down a certain path oh. before I'm like... <laughs> You know, yeah. tell me, tell me about your um, totally yes, it, not not anti-Semitic. <laughs> it's genuinely. I just want to be super clear. I support punching Nazis in the face at all times, always. <laughs> all right. And I realize as a Christian, that's a terrible thing to say, but I just think sometimes there's 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 an exclusion to the non. -violence I mean, it gives uh, turning the other cheek another meaning because I understand <laughs> because because you're turning the other cheek to get punched again. Right. Absolutely. So. And and ordinarily, yes. But if somebody wants to punch a Nazi, I think sometimes that's all they understand. But anyway, um, my my uh, DJ thing was more about that kind of like you can't if you try to play it cool and you try to pretend that you're in a different vibe, you will have you'll still you'll, you'll come across as inauthentic. You won't get the vibe. My best nights were when I just went with my mood. So if I was really down, just play downer music, man. Mm. Get right into it. Just lean into whatever it is be really you 
and people will i think respond quite well and you and you'll and you'll get the vibe even in a nightclub again in alternative nightclubs it's easier because you can play some pretty downer music and it's all right but you know you can have people weeping on the on the dance floor and that's that's how you know you've won <laughs> that is definitely one of my challenges to be honest because uh if if there ever comes a day where we have to record and i'm actually down uh like depressed i will kind of crank myself up um mm. forcefully to get yeah. to the same energy level as everyone else. And it is exhausting, but, yeah, but, yeah. but um, sometimes that's necessary. Sometimes it's not, I want, cause you know, let's be honest. And uh, I am a um, chronically depressed person. So, so I, I say this with a lot of love for everyone out there uh, struggling, uh, but it's very difficult for me to believe that somebody wants to hear about my depression. <laughs> Mm-hmm. or my sad stories that might be true that somebody wants to hear about them and hear about my mood but in my mind i feel like i'm burdening them and that's kind of part of the yeah, symptoms yeah. right of being yeah, depressed yeah. uh wow we are taking this in a different direction but my whole point here is that for me to show up as i am is a challenge um, sure and actually i totally hear you on that and i don't think that that's inappropriate like sometimes you do need to amp up the energy levels just in order to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think there's a, there's a way where you can kind of, cause if you live with depression, you know, that there are things that you're just going to have to do just to be able to participate. That is not leaning into how you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. And actually sometimes that can be quite good for you. I think like, I like sometimes something forcing me, something structural or expected of me, forcing me out of where I am can just give me a bit of a kickstart and be like, okay, actually, no, I've seen things from a different perspective. I've operated at a different energy level and actually I could probably stay here and all that kind of stuff. But even then it's just being honest about it. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the thing. Can I be honest with you real quick? Yeah. Um, Today I woke up and I did not feel like doing this. You know, oh, man. I, I, I did not want to do this. I was tired. I was depressed. I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be able to, I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to be able to bring up the hype. Um, and it, I, I love you, man. Like, and, oh, no, no, no. and I enjoy our conversation so much. And I really actually wanted to do this, but did I feel like it? I did not. But now that I'm here and behind the microphone, I'm really glad that I pushed through. And sometimes yeah. for, for people who, who do struggle with depression, pushing through is, is, uh, part of the deal a lot of the times because yeah. we, we i don't i don't want to do half the things i i actually do but i know if i don't push through it's not gonna it's not gonna happen but this is also part of being a producer because it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter how i feel because, because the podcast doesn't care about your depression no the podcast doesn't even love you enough it doesn't no, love totally. me it doesn't hate me it like <laughs> like you need to make it work and i and I say this with, again, with a lot of love for people who choose on days like this to take care of themselves and be like, you totally. know what, John T, today's not the day, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I would have understood uh, if that, uh, no, if, if that came from you. So. Oh yeah, totally. And, and it could quite easily have been, cause I've been through like the last two weeks have just been really rough. I've actually been st- suffering with anxiety more than depression. And mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. living in this total state of panic for for days upon days is i find it harder than the kind of anguish depression um it's just yeah it's so it's really heavy so 
I just, you know what I've liked about doing, uh, on Beer Christianity, I, I do this newsletter part as well, and I've written about um, kind of mental health stuff, and I talk mm. about it quite openly on the on the podcast, and it's quite amusing because <laughs> the guys will be like, I'll be like, oh, sorry, we haven't done one in a while because I've been really busy, and I'll be like, just tell the truth. And I'll be like, I've been sad. I can't do it. And I, like, I love that. I have a lot of respect for that. <laughs> but people have been so nice, and they've been so supportive, and people have got in touch who've said, it's been really helpful to hear somebody say that out loud. And I know this is hardly a groundbreaking narrative of like, mm. you know, somebody should say it out loud, but Hey, it's the people you're listening to when they talk about it mm. and going, it's okay. It's not weird. And like, I, I get what you get as well. I think we're right. I don't think people want to hear our sad stories or hear us talk endlessly about depression actually, mm. but I don't think they mind hearing about it a little bit. I think it's like any subject. It's like if I went on and on and on about the novels of Graham Greene, eventually they're going to be like, could you shut the fuck up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like is any subject that's not really their thing. It's kind of like, okay, cool. But also, can we get back to the reason right. I listen to this? You, right. you got like, to the... keep dipping your toes in different subjects throughout the episode. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. It, it gets a little stale. But Which is great because I've got ADD, so I jump around all the time anyway. <laughs> so, you know, I, I no can't worries. tell. I, as far as I like when I hear your shorts, you seem yeah. so organized and like, you know, moving. Literally in making it up as like a methodical way. <laughs> no, I'm just kind of like, does this person have like bullet points in front of them? Because I'm like, I am impressed. Uh, I've never recorded uh, a solo episode, so I don't even know if I would be oh, able you to gotta do it, man. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to keep my thoughts straight, you know, uh, I'm genuinely surprised that it sounds like my thoughts are straight because I'm always like whenever I'm talking to somebody, I kind of realize after a while that I've jumped around four different things like that thing of not getting back to the <laughs> the DJing thing and what I was going to say. I'm amazed I remember what I was going to say. I'm so amazed like, I remembered because yeah. I have a hard time tracking conversations. <laughs> Um, but you know, I don't know if people, if this is another thing that a lot of people maybe don't know is, uh, um, I, um, I already said I get exhausted and tired when I make, when I do one of these, but even if I'm like in a good mood and excited by the end of it, I'm just like, Oh, you know, so Are you much- an introvert. No, uh, no, no. I'm an extrovert, huh. but, but because there's a certain level of performance, that needs to happen uh, here. I need yeah, to yeah. focus. I need to follow conversations thoroughly. I need to choose my words correctly. I can't or shouldn't at least say um and yeah and whatever as much. So mm-hmm. just having that kind of orientation and trying to direct myself like that is actually very, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's tiring. And so by so the my end, favorite thing for overcoming yes. that kind of level of like, because it is, it's exhausting if you have to try and remember all these things and keep a lid on yourself and keep control mm-hmm, on yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I find, because I say um all the time, and that's a great one to focus on. You can try really hard to talk without saying um at any point and do like that just a minute show. On that doesn't Radio sound like and, you. That doesn't yeah, sound like exactly. you at all. Instead, I just push up the energy level and go, if I talk passionately, I don't say um that much because I want to get all the words out. If I'm meandering and not really focusing because I'm not super into it. So I just try to get more into it. So I say, um, a lot less when I'm angry or when I'm speaking, when I'm making (laughs) rhetorical pronouncements, because I've got really passionate about it, you know? So just leaning into the emotion again, I think. Okay. Okay. I can see that. Ah. I can see that. And now that you say that my ums do increase when I'm trying to put on a show, that's not me. I can see that. 
just being yourself, man. Because like, it's cool. <laughs> You're yeah. cool. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You, my friend, are also cool. Perhaps even thanks. cooler than me. What? Now we can do this for the rest of the episode. That's just true. Let's compliments, just the mutual appreciation. Mostly because it's real. Like I think you're amazing. Yeah, for real, um, man. I love your stuff as well. <laughs> you guys are great. Uh, you're you're too kind, sir. I um I thought it would be kind of cool whether we end this episode or continue it uh, by just briefly telling the story of how this started because i remember that when you and i first talked on the phone uh before we did this video thing and before we recorded mm -hmm. the last episode that was my question it's like why did you get into this um because i didn't know if you were planning on making it into what it is today uh we talked about this offline a little bit but i we both agreed that we are producers of intermediate podcasts yeah. we're not amateur but we're not professional like that's right we're, we're mid-range yeah you know? mid-range podcasting uh is is uh one of jaunty's uh uh titles that probably will make its way to the title of this podcast episode on my end um but uh i'd be curious to see how it started did you want like what were your aspirations um i'm and just I don't know if you ever talked about it on your own podcast. Did you? I don't think we did actually. No, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I think it's a few things for me personally, I was having a really stressful time at work and uh, I just, yeah, it, it was a stressful time and I needed a creative outlet. I was spending a lot of time at the pub uh, having really good conversations with friends of mine who happened to be Christians because we were working at a Christian charity. Mm-hmm. And having really good conversations about politics, about culture, art, just laughing quite a lot, having a few beers and having a really great time. And I remember thinking, I love this vibe. And I know so many people who, when they think of Christians, do not think of this. Mm. And maybe that's a bit of a kind of, you know, 90s youth group <laughs> witnessing, you know, they should know that some Christians are punk rockers, which I was totally into in the 90s as well. But it's like, probably true. Yeah. And, and I think for me, I just want people to know that there is more than one kind of Christian out there. Mm. I'm not saying we're particularly good examples of it. I don't, I don't think I'm a particularly good Christian in the sense of mm. my personal righteousness, but I am fairly honest about who, who I am and what I am. And I'm not ashamed of any of the sides of it. So I swear and cuss because I love words and I believe that words are just words and you use the words that are best for when you're talking. <laughs> my politics are hard left. Uh, my social views are liberal. I like transgressive humor. I like alternative music. I like interesting art. I am not a traditional masculine man in mm. any way. I don't really feel the need to jump into um, kind of, rainbow letter um alphabet mafia kind of ways of describing myself but but if i had to i would probably fit somewhere in there but you know i'm also a middle-aged white middle-class man <laughs> married to a woman so you know like let's not jump too hard into all that kind of stuff um in terms of appropriating anything or i don't know i'm, I'm gen x so i i worry about it anyway 
talking about myself way too much there, just to say the whole purpose of it was I wanted to give people the vibe of if you were down the pub with me and Laura and at the time Drabs and later Malky, and we started talking about politics, about something that was happening in the news, about our faith, you would hear something honest, you would have laughs because because that's important. Like we always end up making jokes about this. You would hear people getting a little bit sozzled <laughs> on some of the episodes and on others not, you know, like at, at, I think the last one, none of us are drinking alcohol, which is really weird. <laughs> and we would, and we would just be, so I think beer Christianity is not really about beer. It's because there's a C.S. Lewis book called Mere Christianity, which is the right. kind of template for, I think, quite reasonable British evangelicalism. And I wanted to say, I like that. I am not an ex-evangelical. I don't hate evangelicals. I am no longer a fundamentalist. I think that there are some parts of the traditional church that are still great. I want people to hear a Christian who believes in some of that, but not all of it, and and is honest about about their theology and 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 what they think of God and Jesus and the church and all that. So and also just make it fun, you know. Also, yeah. I wanted a place where I could put stuff that I couldn't put in my Christian sector journalism because they didn't like the swearing or they didn't like the alternative nature of it or they thought I was a communist. So, which I kind of am. That's basically why why I did it. I just wanted it to be fun. I wanted to give an impression of Christians that is accurate, if not maybe <laughs> representative of the whole thing. And I didn't want to be the kind of Christians who are like, we're different from those and we're better. Like, we're not better. We're just like, this is who we are. Yeah, man. Um, so much there that I can relate to in the sense of, especially the part that's like, we are not the best Christians <laughs> and we're not particularly good at it. <laughs> but yeah, we no. just want to show that there are other types of Christians out there. Um, so if you replace each one of those uh, uh, Christians with Muslim, uh, then, uh, you know, the Ummah will triumph. No, I'm kidding. Then, uh, <laughs> the um okay, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was about to say, then, then it could have been me saying exactly that. <laughs> you know, if you just finish that with, that's a jihad. I'm gonna be like, yeah, that's a yeah. Um, I still laugh about that when you said that on the episode that we were on. I honestly, I laughed so much because. Oh good. man, <laughs> um, there's so much room here to do that kind of humor, but yeah. I want to try to stick with like yeah, yeah, our yeah, subject. Um, which I, but yeah, was that the reason that you started the Amrikis? Was just an impression <sighs> of what it was, or was it for for Amrikis for for Arab Americans to kind of get that? So believe it or not, um, this your uh, story is way more. Um, I think you had ambition <laughs> behind <laughs> behind the idea because you looked around and you're like, oh, I really want to just show people what's going on on my end and how how I see things and perhaps have space for people who don't uh, have a space in the mainstream or yeah. uh, amongst the institution. Uh, for me, it was honestly just a fun thing to do with my best friend. Um, we have grown up, Muhammad and I have grown up dabbling and dipping our toes in various types of productions, video, audio, uh, event planning uh, back in the day when we were more involved in the mosque and, and Muslim, uh, you know, 
establishments, organizations that in, uh, in the United States. And um, we had a lot of great time. It was kind of one of those things that we both had a passion for, but as we started <laughs> in our thirties, uh, things were falling by the wayside. And so I would visit him once or twice a month from Pittsburgh to DC. We would sit down and we're like, and I sometimes I'd have to just like hold him down. And I'm like, we need to record now because um, bless him. I love him to death, uh, but he has so much going on. And if I never managed to actually do that, I feel like we would have never been able to record. In addition, I once gave him and sorry, Muhammad, for throwing you under the bus like this. <laughs> um, but I once uh, like maybe the second or third episode, I'm like, you are the one that's going to edit this one because we're going to we're going to share editing so that this is no our way. project um it never happened so I have, of course not <laughs> <laughs> don't get me wrong he is a much better editor than i am i will really yes he's a he's a fabulous fabulous wow um he is a marvelous and even <laughs> even worse word to describe him he's are okay are you having a stroke <laughs> woo, woo. he is a creative and competent uh video editor and audio editor he 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 has actually done it professionally he's the one who's actually made way more money and worked in a tv studio Why once the upon a time you the one doing it because he's a family man and he's just not available so and it just basically fell on me who uh, then ended up taking it over and now i have my routine and that's just how things go yeah. and i'd love to hear that that side of of uh, of you you know your process um but we sat down and we would just talk about things that were real for us were authentic but in a weird way that it wasn't really real and it wasn't really authentic because if we there's many times uh in, in during our recordings where we would veer off into a tangent say the most outrageous thing and it would never see the light of day that particular part and always that's the stuff always makes it into us <laughs> no 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 but always after that, we both looked at each other and were like, we wish we can have this, yeah. you know, show up in, in the real thing. It's like, wouldn't it be awesome if we could just like drop all this? And I say this um, as, as um, like a potential goal. I want to be in a space where both I feel comfortable enough and he feels comfortable enough where we can put that stuff up. But we haven't got there yet. Um, but we have moved significantly towards that goal. And it's not because we want to be accepted or we want to be able to say whatever we want. Although, yes, um, those two things are true. It's really just because I want to be at a place where I am comfortable with myself mm. enough that if anybody heard me and heard what my opinion is, no matter what their opinion about my opinion, it would not really, uh, you know, m it wouldn't change uh, sorry, it wouldn't affect me in that sense because I'm just going all over the place here because I'm just in my head. Sorry. Um, I want to be able to be in a space where I can be authentic and be confident and be capable and have the security in my opinion that no matter who hears it, that I would f still feel comfortable um, so it's a personal goal through the podcast. That's, that's what I really wanted. But also our experiences as Arab American are so underreported and so, yeah. um, so 
uh, nuanced and unavailable in the mainstream that we felt that there was almost a duty to be able to put it out there. Mm. So it accumulated slowly. And initially it was supposed to just be like an audio diary slash journal between two good friends, but it started just kind of gaining a little bit of traction. When I say traction, you know what I mean about traction. I really do. Like, like <laughs> traction means instead of 10 people hearing it, 50 people are hearing it. 50 people. And you know, you're in the big league. Yeah. You're like, good. we're good to go, man. Um, but when things started gaining traction, we're like, you know what? Maybe we can put something together. It wasn't until we um, invited Ala, our third co-host on there, who was actually our number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> to nice. join us um, because she is amazing. Um, her, her, she has great insights and this amazing personality that's able to really put things out there. And Muhammad also has this amazing, I have to use a different word. Muhammad also has this like infectious, fabulous, marvelous, <laughs> fabulous, marvelous infectious laughter. Um, and, uh, he has this way of going from really, really bubbly to super serious in like two seconds. And you feel you feel that you're like, OK, something is happening here. And um, I enjoy recording with both of them now. Later on, we had um, somebody else join our team, Dania, who was able to put together our Instagram and make things a little bit more organized. She was our cool. uh, media director for a little while, but it took off and took on a life of its own. And right now it's just three professionals with full-time jobs trying to continuously produce content. And that's where we're at right now, man. Oh man, it's hard to do it. Hey. And like, again, when you're in this kind of like mid range, you're not just, you know, two buddies dicking around in their bedroom doing whatever, like, but you're not the pros. You're not the guys who have got, you know, hundreds of thousands of people tuning in each time. You're like, it's hard to maintain the the motivation to do it if you're having an off week mm. and yeah, it's a it's a toughie. And again, it's it's convening people. Everyone's busy trying to get space in the diary, all of that. It just becomes a, this is what my brother said two things to me when he was listening. I was telling him my yep. my woes about it, and he's a very smart man. And he said, Well, two things. One, you should do short episodes where you don't have to have other people there because that'll go. Quicker. I'm rolling my eyes already, bro. I'm rolling my <laughs> eyes already. It is so hard to do that. Having a short, good episode is harder than having a mediocre long one. Why Why are you hating on my short episodes here, man? Like, this is so harsh. Well, <laughs> no, I, I, I did not I'm pass. I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. But here's the thing. I didn't pass judgment. In fact, I think that you're a magician because you're able <laughs> to do that so well, you know? But, but the reason I'm rolling my eyes at what your brother said is because it takes so much effort. It's oh, not, yeah. it's not easier. It's actually yeah. a lot harder. It takes more effort. So, so his ad advice to me was actually make them less good because <laughs> if they're shorter, people won't mind. If you're doing it more regularly, he was like, I listened to this podcast and they released one every single day. And he said four out of the seven were good. Three out of them were crap. But it was 10 minutes. I didn't mind because I knew the next one would probably be good. So he's like, don't even make it excellent. Just make it happen. And Just like, do okay. it. Yeah. 
and just, and maybe with repetition 10,000 hours la 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 maybe you get better at it as well but the other piece of advice which i found really interesting is he said you need to stop trying to sell your podcast to christians christians won't like uh, it <laughs> yeah and i was like but it's in the name and he was like yeah look it's unfortunate but the moment they hear you drop the f bomb or praise socialism like the vast majority of evangelicals are going to switch off and he's yeah. just like you should rather be the quirky you know the thing that non-christians could listen to and like an atheist can be like well i do actually listen to one christian podcast it's these guys you know and he was like that's what you should aim for so i want to at some point get into that you know i'm really hoping to break into the muslim market as well hey friends of amriki's podcast why don't you listen to beer christianity so that you can be like hey i like christian stuff it's fine i don't you know and then that way when you hear christian stuff that you hate you've got something to bolster it you know some of my favorite podcasts are christian that's all I'm saying. Man, man, you just missed a good opportunity to do some proselytizing and you <laughs> you you just missed that, you know. So I want their listener figures. I don't need them to convert. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Because you know, uh in the in the insular small little like Muslim communities I grew up on, there's always like behind every rock and every bush, there is a missionary that's trying to convert you. You know, <laughs> if a Christian ever comes and starts speaking to you, like in a favorable way, like be cautious friend, because they're trying to like, oh, wow. you know, invite you to their church and they're going to be very nice to you and things like that. So I know Christian missionaries in Muslim countries mm -hmm. and I have had the conversation of when they were going to go for dinner at like their neighbor's house. And I promise you, the thing that they were asking me to pray about was, please don't let me f*** up. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to do something rude. I'm going to do something culturally inappropriate. I'm going to eat something the wrong way, or I'm going to insult my host. And I'm going to, and basically, please don't let me make an idiot of myself. Right. <laughs> they make right. at all times. I mean, I think, I think people can, since then, that's part of what we uh, talked a little bit about in the last episode that uh, I, I recorded uh, with you and your team um, is people can sense when they're trying to be sold something religious or otherwise, you know, yeah. and so to be more authentic and, you know, your missionary friend was more concerned about just being appropriate. You know, yeah. to well, the not culture, being insulting and not mm -hmm. being and not being a doofus. That was her thing. She was yeah. like, "I just don't want to be a doofus in this situation." Yep, you know? yep. <laughs> um, so just small things like that. But I was, I was trying to, you know, I, earlier uh, I shamelessly was trying to convert all of your listeners. So I thought you would be returning with the same but yeah, here but you, you see this moral high ground that i've got here i now, see man. i oh, see that's so, that's, that's how that's it another goes point for christianity guys <laughs> way also, way more subtle at trying to convert <laughs> i get you i get you okay so like the the the, the thing that i envy because i think it's easier so in terms of people trying to convert you when the mormons who are very sweet and i love them knock on your door and they're like hey Hey, you got a moment, you know, which actually, or you meet them in the street and they want to chat and they're lovely people and they're so sweet and they're so like, they're just lovely. And trying to explain to them, like, no, because I'm a Christian, I'm already a Christian. Mm. And they'll be like, yeah, but are you the right flavor of Christian? And we're having the same thoughts about each other. And I'm like, dude, there is no point in you doing this. But like, 
But at the same time, how can either of us admit that without sounding like a total bigot? Whereas if you're just like, dude, I'm a Muslim, they'd be like, okay, cool. Actually, <laughs> actually, um, that's happened many times. Uh, yeah. Like, because the uh, the proselytizing, you know, student on the side of the road, as soon as I'm like, oh, Muhammad, you know, and he's like, oh, okay, you're good. <laughs> pass you can you can continue with your day yeah. sir but when i was an alternative kid walking down the road wearing i think i was wearing like um tights under my shorts and i have black nail polish i have black nail polish now but i mm. think i was wearing makeup and like i was looking more goth and street preacher and he's like you you need jesus and i was like i have jesus and he was like really <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so okay, so I, I, I always thought that when that happens that he would just look at you and give you like you know finger guns he's like you know no, you just didn't believe it oh okay <laughs> he was like nonsense <laughs> he's like you're he's like he just winks at you and he's like all right and then he just keeps going you know but no i did have one guy in london say if you if you did have him, you'd be here doing this with me. Why aren't you uh, here doing this with me? No, and I was like, because no. I'm not an asshole. I don't know. No, and that's actually unfair because maybe somebody comes to a relationship with God in some way through these street preachers. You know, I I came through fire and damnation <sighs> preaching. It's not like I like that stuff. So I don't want to judge the dude, but also he was not winning over anybody in that entire station that he was standing preaching in. So uh. this is a tangent, but a great one because whenever I saw the fire and brimstone preachers on campus, like on my university, the thing that would go through me was a sense of sadness. Mm -hmm. And that sadness came from the idea that the average person walking by is going to associate this negative feeling with God. Mm -hmm. Even, even though like this person was a Christian, it's still going to be associated with God. And for me as a Muslim, you know, walking through it, like that was my sadness is like, like, no. <laughs> mm. And so I was really hoping. So when there's, there's a different type of association, like a, a bubbly, fun, like, you know, preachy, uh, you know, christian person who was talking about their religion um i never felt that weird about it because i'm like at least you know at least people will think god is cool maybe yeah, yeah totally yeah so and i i that's you know just a small little uh uh confession let's say um because nice <laughs> <laughs> good good word to use so my brother's thing about like Christians, generally speaking, are not going to dig your stuff, which is not actually true. I got the coolest, coolest um, tweet message, Twitter direct message, twessage, <laughs> um, about from from a listener who was like talking about one of the episodes and saying nice things, and I was like, oh, that's really encouraging because I was feeling kind of down about it this week. That wasn't thinking anybody was listening, and she was like, oh no totally was listening in fact i came to your podcast because i was too hungover to go to church but i still wanted some kind Aww. of like spiritual input and i was you know going through a list of podcasts found your one listened to it and basically did church with you guys on one episode and i was like that is so nice i mean i'm getting goosebumps here like that's that's a really nice thing to hear that was so nice just so sweet so um uh, i was wondering though what are the parts of like your tradition and your community or what are the parts of your show that 
that don't sit as easily with them, you know, because mine is the cussing, it's the political leftness, though there's lots of leftist Christians. Um, it's that kind of stuff. I don't know. What's your, what's, what's your stuff? I'm smiling right now because the summary of what doesn't sit well with people in my community is that we're too honest on our podcast. Like we talk about things that actually happen and reveal them to others when we should be uh, more private about them. And when I say things, I mean things related to relationships, I guess, childhood memories, to uh, discomfort with culture, religion, the community, you know, it's seen as dirty laundry and it should be kept more private. Like don't dunk on our own community. Don't. Okay. Right. Right. Because there's, there's two, there's two main reasons that this happened. There's already a huge campaign out there of people who are visibly and explicitly anti-Islamic that you're just kind of feeding into. Yes. But, But second is this more, I think, inherent, shyness that exists in the Muslim community and Arab community at large when it comes to personal information, which Mm. I respect and I admire. And I think that everybody should have their, um, you know, boundaries set to whatever degree makes them comfortable. But unfortunately what ends up happening is they feel discomfort when they hear me talk about Mm. my personal issues So, and they're like, why, like, are you sharing all this? And they kind of do a little bit of a projection. This is kind of, this is the main thing that I have found so far. And uh, it's interpreted, I think sometimes as me trying to get attention or me trying to say things just to be different. And there is a monocle, a small minor truth to that. But I think what's more important to me is that I'm just honest for my own sake because I'd much rather show up on my podcast in uh, within my family, in the community at work as who I really am because the hiding the two facedness that has existed for me and people like me is so exhausting. And I think I've overused that word uh, during this podcast, but it's, it's a heavy one. No, but it is. It's psychologically draining. Right. Right. And so that's, I think that's the biggest thing for me. And I think unless you come from an, like a more reserved community, you may not be able to immediately relate to what I'm saying. Um, but, but I think that's the biggest thing. How about, how about you, John T? Like, what's the thing that sits the least? Well, well, I first wanted to say just about that is, is I, I think that that's so sad because I think in America where you've got this rampant islamophobia same as here um you know and here they'll maybe dress it up as um aggressive atheism when a lot of it is just that's the way i get to be uh islamophobic is by saying i hate all religion but really most of it kicked off around 9 11 <laughs> you know and it was very much a lumping an entire community together with you, you know what i mean like it's yeah, like, it's like are, see, are you looking at all organized religion or just yeah. one richard dawkins says lots of nice things about the church of england it's just amazing yeah Interesting. anyway like but but imagine there's somebody growing up like in the depths of of the deep south or the midwest or whatever he has never had the opportunity to think 
about this in a broader or deeper way because of the community that he's grown up with or whatever. And he discovers somehow your podcast mm. and he hears a real human being who he can relate to about whatever talking. And he's like, oh, okay. And suddenly that, 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 um, what is the word? It's like Mystique. a, it's like a, well, yeah. And it's the homogenous picture you have of them, whoever your them is to break that apart by going like, but this is a person this is an individual right, right. who is as unique as I am. Like, like that, I think, can be incredibly powerful. Like, and 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 useful, and such a good. Because um, it's like I, I don't want anybody to emulate me as a Christian. Mm. I just want the barriers to entry to be removed. You know, <laughs> if you think you're too bad a person to become a Christian, don't worry, because there's John T on your Christianity, and he is worse than you. Don't worry. You know what I mean? Like that's useful. I think I realize this is probably an underrated ministry technique, but um, maybe the church isn't going to pick it up hard. But uh, you know, I, I, I think it's got legs. I don't think um, so either. Um, I was about to say, like, that's a really good tertiary way of of witnessing and like you know yeah. and and reaching out to people because ultimately people want just like what i mentioned in my last episode with with beer christianity is that people uh, associate uh with people so like if 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 you as a christian or as a muslim are a good person then christianity or islam becomes a good thing it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, but um, I'm with you. I'm with, and that, and I would also agree that there is a part of our mission that is catered towards Joe Schmo in the middle of the of the country who's never heard about Muslims, and so um, that is that is definitely one way for us to uh, present and humanize ourselves uh, to mm -hmm. people who don't know much about us. Um, so yeah, it is, uh, and and to to stay hidden. And to stay is is probably against that mission. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I totally understand people who are, who are private. I just, I'm not really one of them. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm pretty much an open book. So, you know, people people can know most things about me. And I'm like, Meh. yeah, whatever, you know. Which, by so, the way, it, that that's really hard. You know, it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability because um, people now know you're deepest darkest stuff you know that yeah. like but it's more exhausting to come back to that word to pretend i just i mm -hmm. can't i i you know it burns you out like really like like i've been through that in the last few years having to kind of push and pretend and hide or prove that you're somehow making up for who you are mm. and it's it's exhausting and it's dehumanizing and it's awful. And I like, mean, again, you're, you're speaking a very familiar language right now. Yeah. 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 It's just, it's a, and I mean, again, like I'm a, I'm a middle-class white man. So in terms of marginalization, I have experienced very little. You know, you know? I, I'm ten I tend to be very sensitive around white people who don't acknowledge their privilege. My um, my bells and and alarms did not go off when you shared that, you know. Um I, because for me, like that is the overlapping humanity, no matter like where where you come from and what your background is. So yeah. But, but but to just, answer your question, yeah. the stuff that doesn't sit well with my community, I guess, I guess my use of language and and part of it, I do I do have friends sometimes saying to me, if you just stopped swearing, particularly on social <laughs> media, your career would be harmed less. 
you know, you know, like I, I have been as much as told you don't, you haven't got jobs because of this, or we couldn't possibly hire you. You think or, that's true? Yeah. Oh, wow. I do. Um, I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't. That was so unnecessary. That is unnecessary swearing. But like, <laughs> but like, I don't. You know, for me, I'm like, okay, but, but it is a mode of expression, and it is who I am, and also, it's weird not to everybody does it like the same people who will be like we need to be more relevant to our our world are then like obviously we can't use the anglo-saxon word for having sex though we could use the greek-based one or the french-based one you know (laughs) like okay that seems like a weirdly weirdly ancient classist you know like you know you cannot say but you can say defecate right again weird you know, like mm-hmm. it means the same thing. I don't think one particular linguistic root is moral and the other one isn't. Anyway, you know, that's a rant. But I think I think there's that. But that's hardly a good reason. So a lot of people have, and I think they do have a point of going like, why not remove that barrier to entry? And the honest thing is, it would be too much hard work for me because this is how I talk. <laughs> so so it's not just you're you know, you're already too positive, far gone. Yeah, I want to be really authentic to myself. Yeah, but also I would have to remember <laughs> and that would be hard work. And but, I and but this you, is ultimately my podcast. So. But do you really want to be this version of 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 Jaunty that like once upon a time you thought needed to happen in order for you to be a good Christian, you know? No, I don't think so. And I think God loves me. I don't think I don't need to change. I don't think I don't need to grow. I don't right. think same here, by the I way. Do is okay. Yeah. Same here. Like I'm, I'm, like, I'm constantly in a in a mode of like reevaluation. Yeah. And and but what I'm learning more and more is that a lot of what we do that we beat ourselves up about is a product of not just our upbringing but our wounding through mm. life mm. in early childhood. But as we grow, our relationships with our parents, our relationships with our peers and institutions, you get wounded. You have needs that are unmet, and they become the pathologies that that drive your desires and needs that end up making you whatever behave in an angry way in a lustful way in what kind of like sinful way an arrogant way Mm. a, a selfish way because you're trying to gain these things that have not been met to 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 heal a wound that is unhealed and you can try and control your behavior but it is an outworking of that. What you need to do is to find out what that is, to become aware of it and to try and address it directly. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and that can be through prayer. That can be through asking God to intervene, but it can also just be through awareness. And mm. then it doesn't mean that the things that you did weren't sins. It, it just means that, that maybe you don't have to beat yourself up about it. And maybe, the core here is to try and not repeat them by avoiding the cause rather than focusing so much on the symptoms. I am very much a subscriber to the church of the inner child and healing the inner child, because it is also my opinion that a lot of uh, the actions that are commonly referred to as sin uh, and bad deeds, a lot of times are uh, incompatible ways of addressing wounds yeah 100 um, and i think uh to reframe things like that in the sense of like these actions and these words and what i do harm me as a person versus upsets 
God from a moral standpoint is, in my opinion, something that's way more effective mm-hmm. at modifying uh, behavior because uh, there's nothing stronger, in my opinion, in terms of motivation than allowing goodness in my life. I think, um, and I have to mention Cameron. Gotta mention yeah, Cameron. Man. Cameron Hood, you know, uh, a lot of times these uh, words that are coming out of my mouth are like very much uh, credited to him, but he's often used the word uh, or the phrase life-giving. Is this action mm-hmm. life-giving? Um, and this has changed my way of looking at most of the things I do. It's like, okay, well, this particular thing that I'm doing is harmful uh, and is commonly seen as a sin. But I think the best way to look at it is like, is this life giving? Is this giving me the life that I want, that I envision um, or not? And sometimes when it just kind of settles with that, it removes the shame, it removes the guilt, and it focuses on this very pure reality check. And then from there, uh, I feel like you can be a lot more free to make those changes and those decisions going forward. I love that because I think mine is not so much. I don't believe necessarily that God is disapproving and I don't care at all what my community, because I don't know if I have a community. I don't know. I don't care what people think particularly. (laughs) Um, I don't, I don't identify with the community. It's like, oh, if white people disapprove of me, you know, or Christians or whatever, like, I don't really care. Um, but I do want everybody to love me, obviously. You know, you don't, you don't agree with me, but if you yeah. don't love me, I'm, I'm hurt. But I probably am like, I will end up looking at myself and thinking, but you've hurt somebody there. And you're to blame for hurting that person. And that, again, is a guilt thing. And it's good to be aware of that and good to try and avoid it. But it's such a negative way of looking at it rather than saying, can I bring life rather than can I avoid hurting? Yeah. I like that. That's way more positive. And going back to Cameron, it's like if if this way of approaching this behavior or this lifestyle for you is actually helping, if the shame works, if the the self-flagellation and the self-hate and the self-shame works, go for it. Yeah. What it's I, making you a better person. Yes. And not just a more compliant person, because there's a difference. Yes. But what I found is it actually has made me a worse person. Mm. And while I'm in that mindset that is harmed by the shame, I'm less likely to want to improve. Have you noticed this in yourself and in other people? Because I have amongst and definitely in my kind of like more hardcore fundamentalist and religious day, um, evangelical days, religious days, like but but I still get it. Like occasionally, and I'll, and I'll see friends as well who you suddenly get the kind of the fervor, the evangelical fervor. I'm going to get righteous again. I'm going to start reading my scriptures again. I'm going to start hitting the church again. I'm going to get into that. And it so often comes along with a, a more judgmental, mm. a less loving, a narrower view, and a, and a less kind approach to other people. That I'm always, I'm almost now unfairly prejudiced against when somebody's like, yeah, I'm getting back into my Bible. I'm like, I really hope it's not part of this cycle of, I take it more seriously. And part of that seems to be being more unkind to the people around me because I've done that. I've been that guy. Mm -hmm. It's like a binge and purge kind of a thing. 
Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> Instead of just admitting who you are and saying, hey, I ate a lot, but, you know, maybe I need to not do that next time. But instead of saying that, I could go like, I wonder why I did that. You know, yeah. some curiosity rather than self-judgment. There, There is a Muslim tradition that indicates that if religion goes up and manners don't go up with it, then you're approaching it the wrong way. What an incredible, that is so cool. Yeah. If you are not becoming more polite and having better manners with your thing, then you may be fooling yourself into some kind of, that's it, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always have that as the primary like metric about whether or not my religion is helping or hurting <laughs> or yeah. excuse me, my understanding of my religion is helping or hurting. Cause it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and it goes really back to that. Is it making you a better person? Is it, yeah. is, is it life giving? You know, there's a lot of these kinds of things that are inherent to the, the Muslim tradition I grew up with, but it sometimes needs to be oriented in a way that, um, that's that's separated from that conversation just so i'm more receptive to it <laughs> and i don't want to get into this thing that like the secular world sometimes does do where they're like you can be religious as long as you do it all by our levels and as long as it's making mm -hmm. you a more compliant member of the society and mm -hmm. like you guys get this a lot you guys <laughs> you people no but like <laughs> you hear this all the time of like you know we need to encourage the moderate muslims you know the good uh, ones, you mm. know, and I'm just like, oh, it's so cringy. And like, I, I just like, you don't get to decide what is good from the outside. That is not okay. Yeah. Because there is a part of our faith as well that doesn't look always polite. There is a, there is a mystery. There is a, there is a, a thing that isn't primarily orientated at making society better. I, so much of it is, but some of it is like, you know, the prophets did not fit in. You know, yes. part of it should make you different as well. And know? the prophets were relatable. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is uh, a verse in the, in the Quran that talks about the people who were not impressed by the prophets that they met because they're like, who are these people that are walking amongst you in the markets? Like, it's no big deal, you know? But the prophets were the ones who walked in the markets. They're the ones who talked to the people. They were on the same level as everyone, talking the same language as everyone else. It is, it is important. And, you know, Jesus was amongst, you know, the lowest of the class, Yeah. Um, you know, in his time. Uh, it is that there is a lesson to be learned from that, for sure. And also standing out like John the Baptist, where people think you're crazy. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I quite like that. Because <laughs> oh, that man. guy sounds crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, a lot of times um, when the, uh, the harmful is normalized, then the person who stands up and says, mm, maybe we shouldn't do this, does sound very crazy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're like, we're reaching. We're peak. so out of time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, no, I was about to say we're reaching peak, like, you know, uh, uh, godliness here you know i'm about to say testify you know raise my hand <laughs> you know i'm i'm washing right now and turning to, to yeah i feel like if that's it's, it's like i'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, am i being offensive right i'm now? almost becoming christian and you're like actually it's like i'm gonna do my shihada right now and we just switch yeah, places like at it, the end of like this that. episode and that's how that's how con conversions actually work you this know is how it so, works. <laughs> so tune in next week for beer islam and no that is oh that's gonna 
going to make people angry. I'm so sorry if that's offensive. <laughs> that was just meant to be a joke about my podcast. No, Please no, no. Don't be offended. No, it's okay. Um, I, I will. I will give you. Um, I'll give you a ticket out. So um, there is a spring in Mecca called Zamzam. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, it's a water it's Zamzam water. So instead of uh, beer Christianity, it's gonna be Zamzam Islam. You know, so. Zamzam Islam is perfect. <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Then thank you for the correction. I appreciate it. Oh man, if 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 my co-host Muhammad was here, he would uh, definitely appreciate this joke as much as as much as I am. But um, Janti, uh, I, saying that it's a pleasure is an understatement um, on my yeah, end. Man, this has been a joy. Yeah, it's been a joy as ever, dude. I love it. Remember last time I was like, man, we should just like hang out and talk uh, outside of this context because I always get something good out of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's keep this this going. Uh, You know, mano a mano producer, a producer, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Hey, okay. So for uh, the Beer Christianity listeners, Tell them where you can find Amrikis in various forms and and anything else that you've been doing that you'd like to point them to. No worries. Uh, so the Amrikis podcast is on Instagram. It's on Facebook. And we have a website, theamrikispodcast.com. Amrikis spelled A-M-R-E-E-K-I-E-S. Um, and you can find us uh, on all of the podcast platforms. You got Stitcher. You got Apple Podcasts. You got Spotify. Um, and a few others that sometimes I'm like, wow, oh, I made it through to this one too. That's really cool. Um, hit us up. Um, we are happy <laughs> when anybody communicates and uh, gives us commentary. Or if you didn't like this, that's also okay. Yeah, totally. Um, and for me, uh, Beer Christianity, you can find it at L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Uh, I also have a music podcast called new old music but it's only on spotify mm, and i, didn't I also know have a novel out oh yeah it's nice it's cool it's um it has very few listeners on some episodes and like loads on others so i have no idea right. it is significantly less clean <laughs> than beer christianity sure. that has to be said sure uh, and i also have a novel out called incredulous mishreshwe and the lightning bird and my publisher has said every time i go on any kind of thing i should tell people about this yes so that you should. somebody might buy it so uh, <laughs> it's under the name J.W. Langley. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, but there is a link to your book from through the Beer Christianity website, right? There isn't because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, but that's a great idea and I should make that happen. Yeah. It's a great idea. Because yeah, I heard about that. it through, you know, the uh, Beer Christianity stories. But oh, yeah. But because uh, that's the, my only... Im- uh, but if you want to reference it or put a link or something like that, uh, just that. yeah, and I'll uh, and I'll collect that from you and put it in the description for this episode. Um is cool. a really, really intelligent, great person to listen to. To re- I read theoretically, I haven't read him yet, but we'll uh, maybe one <laughs> the day. Jerry's out. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. But I'm going to I'm going to assume and err on the side of enjoyable read. Um, that is generous and kind. <laughs> Excellent. Um, And I think that's it for now. So, okay. I think we're out of time now. So for the Embrikis, this is Ihab. And this is Mohammed. No, wait, this is (laughs) Jonti. Did I even pronounce it right? No, you you got it right. You got it right. And then we say signing off to all together, you know, but... Um, but we're, we're, we're already past that at this point. Thank you so much for listening. 
appreciate your listenership as we experiment with these different, you know, different yeah, types man, this of. This is very cool. It's yeah. been so nice, and thank you. And yeah, listen to the Amrikis; they're amazing. They're so good. <laughs> I like how this is just this this episode that works out for both. It's like we're, <laughs> we're both we're both trying to really fit this in our own little template. It's it's great. Um, awesome. All right, take care now. Bye bye. I always go, hi, you're listening to Beer Christianity. My name is John T. And if you go, I am a hep, and then we can be like, okay, this is cool. Uh, and, and it could be like, or you can say, I'm Melky, which would be hilarious. And then, you know, and then we can record hey, your one and we can uh, use this episode. I'm Melky. No, I don't know. I don't know. How this. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to do an Why impression. Why does he sound German? Yeah. <laughs> or just Russian. I'm, my, my name is Melky. I, I am a co host on the. On BR Christianity. I don't know. Uh, well, that's uh, my cold open, so that's great. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then, like, all of us have American accents here, so I don't know uh, how, how you would, uh, how you would, if, if you want to take a stab at it. You know they call me Frankie Flow, rolling up a big rock, saying, man, smoking Joe, got the bomb all day, leave you choking, bro.